Hi guys, welcome back to Wildest Kruger Stories. I'm Craig. And I'm Carolina. And this is a podcast series where we chat about conservation, wildlife photography, and all-around cool wildlife stories. Anything from uh, safari and the bush and uh, everything in between. So last uh, episode, we chatted about our craziest wildlife stories and craziest wildlife encounters. And we've actually got a special guest on the podcast today. We've had him before and we, we're so happy to have him back, Callum Perry. Welcome Thanks for back. having me on again. It's yeah. good to be back. Our biggest fan. Yeah, <laughs> biggest fan. All I needed to do was go on another podcast to get the invite back. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, Callum, you have gone through... Uh, when was the last time we saw you and when was the last time we chatted? Well, as personally as mates, we've seen you quite a bit recently, but the last time you were on the podcast was about a year and a half ago. Yeah, it was about that, a year and a half ago when I was still at Maritaba. Yeah, you were at Maritaba and you have now since over the last couple of months just left Maritaba, am I right? Yeah, correct. Came to an end after about three and a half years being there, decided to move on to a new venture. Um, and you're now going to be working for the Meta Population Initiative? That's correct. So the Meta Population Initiative manages the Cheetah Meta Population Project, and I'll be coordinating that for Southern Africa. Amazing. So like, normally we would ask you to talk a little bit about it and what's going on, but you have been in the job for what, two weeks? <laughs> yeah, two weeks tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so we will have you on again to talk more about like what you guys are doing and how you're getting stuck in, but I think you're just in kind of at the moment uh, a little bit of a transition period where you're trying to to find your feet am i right yeah so i don't have much to say <laughs> at the moment, to be honest but if anyone wants to hear more about kelly and like how he ended up doing what he's doing today and more cool stories you can go back and listen to the episode the last episode he was on uh, which was about a year and a half ago i think yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's quite far back but scroll back and you'll see callum perry and uh, you can listen to that episode to hear more about uh, some cool stories from the bush from from kelly but today we're basically here and we're going to follow up on a part two of because we had so many demands of our previous episode um that was the end of last year um and that was cool wildlife stories and here we are again for our part two. Yes, and we were thinking since uh, Kelly has been on the podcast before, we don't have that much to talk to him about. No, I'm joking. We do, <laughs> but uh, we were thinking it would be cool for this part two to have him on and for him to also contribute to some cool wildlife stories. So yeah, the three of us are going to go through uh, some more cool uh, wildlife encounters and stories that we've had in the bush. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoy this one. <laughs> Kelly, I think I'm going to want you to start off because you've also experienced so many different angles in the industry itself. I mean, you've you have gone from student to junior guide to senior guide to uh, conservation coordinator to now. Um, What's your title What's now? your title now? <laughs> the Southern African Cheetah Metapopulation Coordinator. It's amazing. Well, I it's a jumble of those words. Uh, I still haven't it, quite Can you make it, it a out. cool abbrevi abbreviation and make yourself sound very important? I, th I think I should just Big Boss or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think... Um, I think we're going to start off with uh, with Callie's. Um, tell, us, tell us about one of... 
the many you're going to tell over this this episode and tell us a little bit about what um what 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 wildlife encounter comes to mind so i mean the first one that i have to speak about is one that happened only a few months ago yeah i had some friends visiting me from the uk and two out of three of them had never stepped foot in africa before so they were very new to this and the other guy he came and visited me about four years ago so they were all fairly new to it and i decided i was going to take them all around the country first leg was the kruger so we did the six hour drive from joburg um went in through i can't remember which gate one of the southern gates and then started driving up north to stay at satara actually on the way in we were listening to the podcast yay (laughs) listening to the episode talking about the best camps to stay in and i was very happy you mentioned both the camps i booked nice it was a bit of a relief when i picked up the podcast (laughs) it would have been very awkward if the camps i booked weren't on but no i was or if we like you know these ones are really bad (laughs) (laughs) but so obviously you know it's a fair drive from the south to get up to satara and we're driving up there and we pass this one vehicle and you know in the Kruger it's polite sometimes you have a little chat sometimes they drive straight past and we pass this Italian couple and the guy's telling us about this leopard that they saw on the road about 10 kilometers up and we were like great leopard on day one that's going to be fantastic 10 kilometers 10 kilometers yeah 10 that's kilometers a big ask mate like that's in Kruger, it's a big ask just wait it? just wait we drove 10 kilometers nothing <laughs> Because 10 kilometers, like... It's far. That thing's no longer going to be on the road. Another 10 kilometers. Nothing. So I'm thinking, yeah, they saw it. This thing's gone. Now you're on... Now, where are you going at this stage? Where was the sighting? Just so people that have been to Kruger before. Is it the Chuane... Chukwan. Chukwan. Chukwan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So between Skakuza and Chukwan or between Chukwan and Satara? So we saw the Italians between Skakuza and Chukwan. Okay. And the sighting ended up being between Chukwan and, and Satara. Satara yeah. Okay, so past the picnic site. Past itself. the picnic site. So we'd probably gone about 30 Ks since we'd first saw the At this point Italians. you're like, okay, we're not gonna find this leopard. Exactly. <laughs> But then we spot a porcupine in the road. And I was like, oh, guys, this is amazing. There's a porcupine. So we stop. <laughs> Can't have a leopard. There's a porcupine. <laughs> exactly. It's still cool. It's, yeah, it's, the, middle the, the, it's the middle of the day. During yeah. the day. That's amazing. And so we're like, oh, this is, at least we got something. And then I'm looking at this porcupine. And I look in the long grass behind. And I'm like, I'm sure I just saw an ear flicker. And the next thing, this little head pops up. And it was this male leopard in the grass watching this porcupine. And I thought, wow, okay, we're, we're onto something here. Whatever happens, we're going to see something cool. I mean, anytime you get animal interactions, multiple always, species, always. always makes it much better. And then to have some of my best friends from home, for me, those sightings that you have with friends, family, they're always the best. So when yeah. you get these special moments, you drink it in. We're watching this leopard and then he starts crawling up towards the porcupine. We're like, okay, okay. And he comes closer and starts chasing him. Not very well to start with. So he goes for him. And you can see he's not doing too well. He's going for the back. The porcupine's quills are shaking. So it's making that rattling sound. So for those of you who don't know, when a porcupine is is threatened, there's a common misconception that's made. is People think porcupines shoot their quills. That's not true in any way, shape, or form. They flare their quills out to make themselves number one seem bigger and to defend their body 
Sorry, go on. No, exactly. And that's exactly what this porcupine was doing. And this leopard, he probably chased him for a good 50 meters trying, but he, he couldn't get an angle. He, he could only get the backside, and yeah. that's obviously where a lot of the quills are. And then he carried on, and then he made a big lunge. And we're following slowly. We're driving along slowly past him, just taking it all in, trying to film it, trying to drive. And this leopard's walking right past our vehicle. And then at one point, he does jump on, but then leaps off. And then he's right in front of us, no more than five meters away, pulling the quills out of his oh. paws with his teeth. So already, like, this, this is, is the insane. most phenomenal sight. It's amazing. Like, it's unbelievable. And we're probably with them for another 20 minutes. The same pattern yeah, yeah. keeps happening. Every five minutes or so, the leopard will chase. He'll be unsuccessful. He'll stop for a bit. He'll sit next to us. Then he'll sort of walk past us. And now the porcupine had trotted away, and he'd got a bit a big distance between them, maybe 100 meters at this point. And we're watching, and the leopard was behind us now, just off to the right. And he comes trotting past our windows. So, oh, nice close-up vision yeah, of a yeah, big yeah. male leopard. Very cool. And he's trotting up to this porcupine. But instead, he veers off into the bush. And obviously, my mates, they, they don't know much about the bush. So they're thinking, what's he doing? Where's he going? I was like, I think my friend Ella was behind me. I said, Els, start filming because he was creating his angles yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know when you know yes, something's about yes, to happen yes. it was like okay this is the moment and so we're following the porcupine we can see the leopard looping around in the grass about 50 meters into the block and then the porcupine thinks he's making a break for it so he does he turns around doesn't see the leopard he starts trotting off into the bush and we're watching and we're just following quite slowly just seeing the angles and then perfect angle, I park up, and as we watch, the porcupine's running 90 degrees angle to the leopard, and then the leopard just grabs him by the wow. neck, grabs him. Oh and it, there was a bit of grass, but we had a full view of him just shaking this porcupine, and then he's down. Chaos is over. over. So we're watching, and now the leopard, I couldn't see what he was doing, but I presumed he was picking out the quills so yeah. he could start eating. But now he's in the long grass, you can't really see what's going on. So this vehicle drives past and they're like, oh, what do you see? And it's, you know, when you get these, the worms, the uncles, the bunnies, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they, they think they know Kruger better than everyone. So they come past and they're like, oh, what have you guys seen? I'm like, oh, leopards just killed a porcupine. They're in the grass there. And they're like, but do you see them now? And I'm like, well, well, no, but he's, I'm hoping he's going to take maybe he's going to take the porcupine up into that tree there there was a tree close by i can't remember which one and he's like oh maybe maybe and i thought oh, oh my word. okay so they drove off we're not far from gate closing time now but i said to my mates i was like i just want to wait and if anything it was for the video i wanted the complete thing of the porcupine in the leopard's mouth going up the tree so we wait maybe 15, 20 minutes, still not seeing much. Vehicles are passing, they're unsure. A couple stop, then they move on. Gates closing, so people don't want to risk it. And then I just look in my wing mirror. Spotted hyena starts coming from behind us. So I was like, Els, Els, camera again. <laughs> We've got to go, camera again. And so this spotted hyena is coming slowly, is clearly following the sentry. Yeah, yeah. But then he starts picking up speed. And as this happens, the leopard suddenly becomes aware wow. to the hyena's presence. 
and he grabs the porcupine, jumps up and runs to the tree that I presumed he was going to climb. So because I presumed it was that one, we've got the perfect view. Yeah. And as he starts to go up the tree, the hyena grabs his leg. So The leopard's leg? Yeah, he what? got the leopard's leg. So the leopard hadn't quite made it. And so he's going up and the hyena grabs his leg. He manages to briefly shake loose and tries to jump up to the next section. But I don't know whether he hit his head or with the porcupine in his mouth, hit another branch because he slipped again. And the hyena yeah. so almost got him, but he, millimeters away, he just got up into the tree. Hyena smelled around, looked around, then he was like, ah, oh, leopard's up in the tree, I'm gone. And what? then the leopard just started chowing. He was breathing quite heavily, so obviously he didn't eat straight away. But then I turned around to my mates. I was like, that's why we wait. And I mean, we were all yeah. gobsmacked. And I think for them being completely new to this. This is day how, one. This is day one. <laughs> in Afternoon the country. one. Yeah. <laughs> like they, seeing my reaction, they were like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is not normal. But you know what? The, that is absolutely insane. And the craziest thing is like, this kind of stuff often happens with people who are there for the absolute first time. Yeah. Like, well, we, you, same thing. Yeah, like, uh, so in another episode, I have spoken about the sighting, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's, Maybe I'll no. Maybe I'll pause there, and then this will be one of my sightings. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's just crazy. I'll tell the story just now. But how like the first time you're in Kruger and you actually have no idea how amazing this is, and you get to experience it. But that's why it's amazing that you like they're your mates, and you're able to show like and tell them that this is a once in a lifetime thing that people do not see. Like I've never seen anything like that, and you all know how much time we spend in Kruger. Yeah. That is absolutely insane. But I mean, it's it incredible. is. I mean, like, I know, I know they were your mates, but it happens with guests and clients all the time where you have this remarkable sighting of a kill or just something crazy going down in the bush. And your guests are like, oh, that's cool. And you're like, that's freaking amazing. It's not cool. It's freaking amazing. I've never seen that before. And then the sad thing is a lot of guests actually think like, ah, oh, he just says this to everyone. And I'm like, no, this is literally how yeah. this is an incredible sighting I'm sure that's how you felt as well absolutely unfortunately we'd had a good day already so as much as I had enjoyed our previous yeah, yeah. sightings it was very much for them so they saw the difference of me doing the show so to speak for them as opposed to me just being absolutely blown yes, away yes. so yeah. that added to it I mean there were tears in eyes, all sorts. Amazing, yeah. man. Amazing. Because the thing is, like, when people do arrive here the first time, as you say, like, you know, they, like, understandably so, because because it is amazing. But when you hit, when you in Kruger for the first time, you are blown away by the impala. You're blown away by your the first giraffe you see. You're blown away by the first elephant you see. And again, understandably so, because it is amazing. But then you end up seeing more and more of them, and you're realizing, okay, cool, like this is awesome. But you do see them quite often. But then when you see something like that on your first day, I think your like perspective gets a little bit skewed because it's like, okay, I've just been blown away by this elephant, but now I'm blown away by this as well. And those end up on the same level. And then you're going to see a hundred more elephants, but you're never going to see this again. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's, it's incredible. No, that, that's, that's a good one. How are you going to top that, that one in the next story you're going to tell? Like, I mean, oh, like, don't, I, don't worry. There's, <laughs> there's stories. I don't know if it, the actual sighting itself can be topped, but 
You know, certain yeah. sightings have a feeling to them, so yeah. I've, I've I've got some. There's nice. special sightings that, like that are special for other reasons as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. But I just have to say though, did did anyone have a camera? No, we were all on oh, iPhones. <laughs> That hurts my photography heart. <laughs> yeah, but we got a cool video that went viral. Nice, so. yeah. nice. That's 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 good enough. And, that's the most and honestly, thing. it's also like just be just, just experiencing that exactly. is also absolutely insane. But it's just because you were like the angle was per- perfect. I'm just <laughs> picturing the photos. And do you want to know what makes it worse for you? The sunset was on the other side of the road, oh, so the lighting was fantastic. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> But yeah, talking about like cool sightings first time, I think that that's a good segue into to one of my, my yeah, top sightings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, and I think, as I said, I think I have mentioned this before, but it's probably a while back. So like, let's, let's give it a go again. Yeah, because I also had the very, very first time that I went to Kruger National Park. So again, the national park itself. I had been in South Africa for maybe two weeks, I think. And I was volunteering at a horse safari and we were staying in the Greater Kruger. So I had been on game drive and had seen animals, but it was the first time in the national park itself on like the, in the self-drive area. Uh, and we were going for a day drive and we had really awesome sightings. There was all of us volunteers in a big bus uh, or like a mini minibus yeah. yeah so not a big bus but a minibus bigger bigger than your average vehicle vehicle that's what i was thinking anyway um and we had some awesome sightings and uh, we saw leopards so that was my first leopard which was really really cool to see obviously uh, and lots of general game and like great day in general and then on the way out obviously this always happens as you say, when the sun is setting and gates are closing and you're actually needing to like go and hurry to not get to the gate too late, that's when things happen. Uh, so we drive past this big herd of buffalo and there's a bunch of cars next to, to the buffalo. And uh, buffalo are something you see fairly often. Like sometimes you'll go days without seeing them, but you do see them fairly often. And we, we had just seen a lot of buffalo at the place we were staying in where we were volunteering because there was a lot of buffalo hanging around camp where we were staying because it was a drought and there was grass around camp. So we were like laughing and we're like, ha ha ha, well buffalo we've seen enough of. Uh, And we were like, nah, are we really gonna stop for these buffalo? But our guide, he was like, you know what? There's something else going on here because there's so many cars they are not just watching the buffalo. There's something else. And he, I don't know if he saw something else as well, but he was like, Let's just stop for a little bit. So we stop next to these buffalo. I think we take some photos of the buffalo. We're like enjoying the view and and watching them and it's great. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, they all start running. And out come these two lionesses and they're chasing these buffalo down onto this open clearing, perfect view for us, bring one down and then on top of this buffalo the rest run away into the distance and these two lionesses are on top of this buffalo and grabbing its throat and we are all like where did they come from and obviously they had been hiding stalking these buffalo but we were all just blown away we watched them for maybe i think it took them half an hour to actually kill the buffalo that's how thick buffalo skin is uh, and it was quite horrible to listening to the noises because you know they what do you call it they 
It, it's almost like a bleat. Yeah, bleating. bleats. That's what it's called. Uh, they bleat, and you know, uh, so so it was quite horrible watching that, especially you know your first time in in South Africa, and you kind of feeling a bit sorry for this buffalo. But it was insane to see when, when people feel sorry for them the guards are going like that's a sighting for the next three days <laughs> <laughs> and then as we need to like kind of leave uh, i think the females started eating and the buffalo was dead now a male comes out from the bushes on the other side of the clearing and starts moving towards them and one of the females left and she left and walked in, t- in another direction into the thicket and our guide was like, the only reason she would leave right now is to go and get the cubs. And at this oh, point, wow. we this have is... to leave. And we had no, to go to go leave no, to the game. She left. She walked into the other direction, a uh, different direction from where the male came from, walked into the thicket. The one female was there and the male started approaching uh, and we had to leave. But honestly, still one of the most insane things I've seen in Kruger to this day. Uh, and that was also the thing. We did not realize how insane this was. Everyone that we met, like for the next week, you know, as volunteers, you meet a lot of people in the local town that you chat to and you say we were in Kruger and they were like, oh, what did you see? And you tell them about the sighting and they're like, you do not understand how lucky you were. <laughs> Every single person was like, please understand how yeah. insane that was. And I think I would have had a similar reaction and just gone like, you need to yeah. like sit someone down and go you need to understand right now how cool that is yeah no wow, it was incredible. absolutely incredible and I, I think it, even on the way out again now we're a little bit we we've been pushing the time so we kind of okay we need to go to the gate now we need to like get going uh, and then you like drive past this this place where another vehicle is stopping you you slow down a little bit and there's a leopard and you're like we can't we just can't <laughs> we stop. just we just, we just <laughs> don't have time to stop for this leopard <laughs> So it was like a two-second sighting, oh, and then you had to go that's, again. It's great, but it always it always seems to be that 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 just before the gate closes, where you have yeah. to, where you just have to go. Just brings that luck. Yeah, <laughs> bloody gate. But it's time. also you know, it makes sense. That's when they're but most yeah, active. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. for sure. And I feel for especially sure. in like the summer months when uh, you know it gets cooler later, mm. uh, and then it definitely will happen just as you're about to to head home for the gate. Um, so 100%. yeah, hundred percent. How about you? First time you were in Kruger, what happened then? Oh, jeez. Like, first time I was in Kruger, I was in a carry cot. I don't <laughs> think I can remember what happened what? then. Don't you remember? <laughs> um, but not the first time I was in Kruger, but working on one of the private concessions in um, uh, in the Kruger National Park. Um, well, we've spoken about the difference between concessions. If there is an episode back then, I can't remember the episode number, but there is an episode. It's quite far, far back, close to where Kelly's yes. episode yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of we talk about the difference between private areas and public areas in Kruger. So, so this was confused, you this was a concession within the Kruger National Park. Uh, so within in the hearts of Kruger National Park, but a private area that's been leased out to a uh, to a lodge. And I was working at this specific lodge. Uh, and we had 15,000 hectares of traverse, so amazing, massive piece of land. And that was our like kind of private, wasn't open to the public at all. Um, and that's why we charged more than Kruger, because people have access. Very similar to the Greater Kruger, which is the private sector of Kruger National Park. But anyway, off we go on our afternoon drive. And um, uh, myself and my tracker managed to track down two female lions. Um, and amazing i am at this stage 21 years old i am y- young buck in the vehicle there 
you know, so less, <laughs> less knee problems. That, you must know, be, le- that must be long ago. Less knee problems, less back problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, you know, when you wake up after like a game of footy and you, you could still probably go to gym. Yeah. And like now we're in bed for a day or something. Like that must be very long ago. <laughs> Thanks, love. <laughs> um, I mean, it's 10 years. Yeah, it is 10 years or nine. Get it right. Oh, oh, 2031. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but anyway, okay. Now we're not talking about how old Craig is anymore. But um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we managed to locate these two female lions. Um, I immediately pick up that uh, both females are lactating, which is awesome. A great thing to talk about your guests while they're walking down the road. And you know, we, we spent, we must have spent half an hour with them as, as they were patrolling, walking, cruising. So just explain what what does lactating mean? Lactating is they are producing milk. So that means they do have cubs um now where the cubs are we we have no idea this pride was about 30 strong uh, if you included the four dominant males at the time so a massive pride the lawakashle pride um and it was just a splinter group so obviously these two females not being with the pride we immediately myself and my tracker were like okay cool they the cubs have not been introduced to the pride yet so they're kind of on their own little mission and um as we're following them, they pick up uh, a herd of impala. So I'm like, oh, you know, young buck kind of saying, yeah, you know, they're a bit far, the chances on high uh, that they're gonna catch them. But little did I know that it's pretty, it's yellow thatching grass. So like they can hide themselves pretty good. That means tall grass. Or pretty well, yeah. Yellow thatching grass is a species of grass that grows very, very tall. Um, so off they go into this yellow thatching grass. I, at the time, didn't have the experience to kind of pick up. I'm just trying to follow where they've gone. My tracker says, Craig, wait. Just circle around, go closer to the Impala. That's where they're going. We'll find them again. So I'm like, okay, cool. Um, off I go, park about 20, 30 meters from the Impala, not disturbing the Impala. Now, I don't wanna, they were in like a, uh, on a river line, kind of uh, feeding along this river line. And uh, I parked next to them and suddenly we wait five ten minutes and suddenly out of nowhere here these two females come and they hit one of the rams bah great i am i'm first gear going i'm off-roading and i'm driving towards where these because i'm excited now i'm 21 not that i wouldn't be excited now but they've just hit this male uh, this male impala this impala ram bring it down fantastic but they don't start feeding and they lie they kind of recover suddenly or like kind of recuperate some and get some energy back go together and start grooming each other so i'm like this is very strange like normal line behavior is like we're gonna devour this thing immediately like they want to just rip it open it's an impala it's not massive and all of a sudden both of them get up and i'm like what's going on and my tracker goes craig they're going to fetch the cubs it just shows you like i was very young naive didn't really know a lot of recently qualified um and yeah just didn't really know i wasn't up to standard of the animal behavior i am now and um, we followed them followed them followed them and they ducked into a river and then there was a little bridge crossing about 100 meters up river and i was like okay i'm gonna go up and he said craig uh uh-uh my tracker nah stay here and i was like why they're gonna cross the river and go he said nah i think the cubs are in that river so I was like, okay. And literally again, five, 10 minutes. And 
little seven, six or seven little fluff balls just come tumbling out. And what was most fascinating, right behind these six or seven little fluff balls comes this massive male lion. So they had obviously left the cubs with one of the dominant males, um, which a lot of people don't think. They think male lions don't do much. But if they're around and they can stay with the cubs while they're while they're at their den or hiding spot or whatever the, whatever you want to classify it as, I classify it as a den. Um, and off they all marched, and these two females marched on, marched on, and got to this impala. And I thought, now this is going to be absolute pandemonium. The two females laid down, the male lay next to them, and the cubs just went in. Because most people, again, would think, oh, the male goes in, immediately feeds, and they just watched these, uh, we just watched as these little cubs were figuring out how to open this carcass, while all three adults didn't do thing until much later on in the sighting. This went on for about an hour, hour and a half, and then eventually the female and the male came, and as soon as the male came, or as soon as the females came in, the males came, came, got aggressive and pulled the carcass away, but the cubs had eaten a good good amount of meat. So do, do they eat meat when they're that young, hey? Well, the, they weren't that young. They, when I say fluff balls, they were, they were still about eight, eight to ten weeks old, so they were definitely on meat. Uh, but what is interesting about the sighting is the chances that they hadn't been introduced to the pride is quite interesting. Mm. Normally they are mm. at that age. Um, uh, but they were eating meat and who knows? I, I, wasn't, I wasn't experienced enough to kind of take all this in. Maybe it could have been their first carcass. But I would have assumed now thinking about it, the females would have opened it up first before they um, kind of let the cubs in. But again, and that goes back to what I was saying about den sites, hiding spot, because the den site is kind of where they're born and they stay like they're permanently there for like a good couple of weeks unless that den site is disturbed. But then they move them from different spots while they're, while they kind of, yeah. Um, And then when they're going to hunt, they'll leave them at a certain spot. So I think it was really just a hiding spot that they left with the, the male, because generally when they are quite young, they even don't even let the males in. They're quite protective of that den site. Every now and then they'll let the male in if they're a little bit older. But um, I've seen females chase the dominant males away um, from from that den site. But just the sighting in general, just very cool to watch these three adults and these six or seven cubs just kind of dive in and That's start amazing. start eating. And such interesting wow. behavior as yeah. well. Like, as you say, we always, we always say that animals don't read books and you might think that, uh, you know, male lions don't yeah. do this and male lions don't do that. Like, I get a lot of comments on, on that uh, buffalo kill that I spoke about last time. A lot of buffalo kills. But where <laughs> the <laughs> where the male took down that, that very sick buffalo, whenever I post photos or videos of that on social media, people are like, oh, wow, like a male hunting. They never hunt. And I'm like... <laughs> There's all these guns. No, that one crash. Yeah. Right? Right? It's like, what, what do they think? This is a lean, mean killing machine. Yeah. It's massive. <laughs> of course he hunts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, it's just funny. People have these ideas, and I think a lot of it comes from, like, movies and, you know, old perceptions. And, the bloody uh, Lion King. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's the Disney effect. As much as I love the Lion King, don't get me wrong, yeah. that was my inspiration, but... Actually, side Come note on. on that, because I think it's interesting and something I do want to, like, talk about <clears> on the <throat> podcast, is we had this conversation with our guests about, you know, 
specifically the Lion King uh, and how that like gives us a, a perception of what safari is and what animals are and what their behavior is and how many people that come to Africa on a safari for the very first time haven't watched a lot of documentaries they haven't like you know they've just been like cool this is a great holiday they maybe haven't um they're not super passionate yet because everyone becomes passionate once they've been here but uh, about wildlife and whatever but they all come here and they're like no for some reason i hate hyenas and i don't know why yeah. the disney effect and it's exactly. because the disney effect. they watch it the, and then you say that and you're like well did you watch disney as, as a young did you watch the lion king <gasps> oh that's why and they the just have this like ones. instinct of thinking the hyenas are evil mm. and you're like they're not but even <laughs> they I'm, killed scar yeah. <laughs> so, exactly <laughs> exactly well i remember myself as a kid i never liked hyenas and that i think it is it's the it disney definitely effect. that's did. it had to have been um and then yeah it just takes a bit of time out in the field to realize that they are in incredibly interesting amazing animals. like amazing and animals. so in, uh, so intelligent and such caring Mm. mothers for their youngsters even if they're not the mother of the youngsters just that that clan care Mm. yeah um it's it's amazing one of my favorite things like if we talk about so this is not a specific sighting it's just like a sighting in general but one of my favorite things to watch uh in nature is a hyena den and the interaction uh, between hyenas and those little youngsters they're so curious <laughs> they're so cute and like and the noises that they make and we watched this one we had the one naughty sight- though they yeah. really <laughs> naughty. so naughty remember we had that one sighting so the side note here again but the one sighting with uh, it was about a year ago with our the one client we had uh, in january last year and we were in kruger and sorry for the hardy dogs. Hardy dogs. <laughs> this is a classic South African. Feels like I'm back in song. Joburg. <laughs> yeah. All the Joburgers know exactly what we mean. Yeah. Um, but uh, and we were we uh, found this hyena then and we were watching the hyenas and the interaction, <laughs> even more hardy dogs. Um, and in the interaction between them, and there was this one youngster that kept on coming out of the den. And if it was the mother, if it was just a, um, an older female, more dominant female, was trying to like get it into the den again, and was trying yeah. to like you like <laughs> reprimand it, and like you need to go back into the den, and would would you know uh, kind of growl at it, and you know communicate and so on. And they were making these noises, and um, and the typical like hyena call and everything. Uh, and trying to get it back into the den and it would eventually go back into the den and then like she would turn her back and then it would run out again <laughs> <laughs> literally trying to shuffle this little thing picking it up putting it there yeah and then it just it just wouldn't it's like a naughty child yeah. it was so well, fascinating um, and uh, yeah it's not uncommon for them to like when you are if you are stationary around a den site for a while for them to get so inquisitive that they start biting your tires mm. and stuff like that and yeah, so they are very, very inquisitive animals. Um, They're amazing, amazing animals. My best, absolute favorite comment when I get on social media sometimes, I've gotten a few a few times, because I love hyenas so much, I post a lot of photos and videos of them and try to, you know, show the, the real side of them. And I've gotten a few people that have said to me that I've changed their perspe- perception of, of hyenas and that they've realized that they're actually amazing animals. And that, that makes me very happy. To they are this. amazing so. animals. But sorry, that was a, a long side note. Uh, back to the one. sightings. Kelly, you're next up. What, uh, what sightings do you have for us to Ooh. top these, these other so ones? So next up is quite a special one for me. 
it was actually on a trip that we were on together. However, we'd gone for dinner the night before, the group of us, I think there was, what, eight of us. It was a bunch of mates that hadn't been together in a while. But my girlfriend, Jo, it was her first time in the Kruger. Mm. And it was actually Craig, when we were discussing plans, we were saying, oh, we'll go to the shops, we'll buy stuff. You actually said, you guys just go. Get there for gate opening, go, have your day, we'll collect the food, we'll pay for you. No, you didn't say that. But go, get there, and we'll meet you at the camp. For you to enjoy. And so we went early. Especially for Joe to Exactly. And I mean, she had been out once before, but she'd come to Maritaba when we met to do a rhino collaring exercise. We'd been to the Pillensburg. So she'd had some great sightings, but she hadn't seen lions. Mm. And so we drove in through Gate, and you guys have known for a while, one of my dreams is to see one of these white lions yeah, that the are from the Birmingham white sound Pride. of yeah, the Timbavati, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we drove in through Orpen, and you know you go through the buffer zone for a while. We were probably the third car in that day, so we'd got there nice and early. And we're driving along, and just before we reach Orpen Rest Camp, actually Joe points out, she's like, lion. And then I look, and I'm like, Oh, I almost swore there. You can swear. You can swear. I didn't know what the rules were. I was like, it's a fucking white lion. (laughs) (laughs) And it was the white lioness from the Birmingham Pride. Oh, she's gorgeous. Absolutely stunning. So we're both buzzing. Like Joe's first lion, my first white lion. Incredible. And so we're watching. She sort of walks in front of us, cross the road and goes into the block. And she starts walking diagonally through the block. And I know there's that little water hole on the other side yeah, yeah, yeah. of the open rest camp. And so now there was us in the other two vehicles. And we're all sitting there watching this lioness walk away from us. So I said to Jo, I was like, watch this. We'll drive around. She's going to go to that water hole. We'll get a walk by. It'll be great. So we drove round. Great way to, to prime position. Oh, oh yeah, of course it impressed. Predictive us. guiding. So great. <laughs> You're such a great way to impress your girlfriend. <laughs> and then yeah, we got there. Next thing, this lioness is walking straight towards us, and I mean directly head on. Wow. And we're both just soaking it in, and she just strolls comfortably right past the front of my car, walks off to the waterhole, sits and has a drink, and then disappears. Where were we? Wow. You guys shops. were at the shops. Bay, yeah. And then when we saw you at Satara, I couldn't wait to tell you. Oh, my word. No, I remember you telling me. And I was I again, do. I was I like, remember you showing why us don't you have a camera? <laughs> I remember you showing us The worst part is amazing. that day I did have a camera with me. It was just in my bag in the boot of the car. Oh, my word. And I didn't open it once on the trip. <laughs> Rookie mistake. See? Always have your cameras ready, guys. Uh, that is 101. No, but that was a special sighting. Yeah. It goes back to that thing for me as well. A lot of these sightings are who I'm with. Mm. And so I obviously had, like, my mates, then my girlfriend, and it was just, wow. It's, it's extra special. Like, I also I also love it when we have guests uh, who, like, you can see that they are also really passionate and excited and, like, and you feel very fortunate to be to be the person who gets to be there the first time they get to see an elephant or 100%. a lion. And like that is also just so special. And I think that makes us remember because we we live and work in these areas, you sometimes get a little bit blind to how special it is. And it just reminds us of how special it is when, when we get to wow. experience that with people who I think, I think it's the also first time. It's like, you know, 
like a lot of us live um like, i mean it's amazing uh, i mean we do we work hard but i mean like we live 20 minutes 30 minutes from one of the greatest ecosystems on the planet yeah and i think that's where it comes into taking it for granted that's the thing. we we do because when gates closing and we're like oh, i really don't feel like getting a fine and that leopard's lying next to the road we're like ah we'll come to kruger in, yeah. in the next week or so but it's it's just this people out there that like it's, this, this it's a once in a lifetime yeah. experience one time yeah. And, you know, yeah we do take it for granted and yeah i, I really try not to um I do, I do think like it's it's very difficult not to take it for granted in certain situations but i do think also like the th three of us from you know just speaking from our side i think are quite good at not taking it for granted like you know you get a lot of guides who live and work in these areas who will speak about these things as if like it's not a big deal at all and really yeah. not like and just brush it off i think even if we some extent sometimes get a little bit blasé i think we still do really like take it in and and think about it and remember how special it is there's yeah. other people that definitely don't if I you think, know what i'm saying yeah you like if you go to like from a guiding point of view mm. as well you get watch watching guides that are like ah it's my off time yeah it's my off time sorry guys we can't screw your experience um uh i'm only paid from this hour to this hour yeah. and you know that's that's quite sad um i i don't think that there's there's not a lot of them out there but they, they are definitely out there um and yeah it's quite disappointing um that that happens because i mean we're in an industry where we are trying to give this experience to but it's also interesting another Okay, this, it's just an interesting side note, but another level of it the is also... The fourth one for the pod. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, that's what, it, what this podcast is about. It's, it's just flow. Um, but another interesting, because there's another level of it as well, because then you get the guides who, yeah, they're not like, they will be blasé about like a leopard. We've got two mates that we went to Kruger with and uh, who work in, in, they live and work, well, not anymore, but they used to live and work in, uh, in the Greater Kruger and we went we went to the National Park and we drove around we had a great time and then the next day we were in two cars driving up and we we're gonna meet up for breakfast or something yeah, yeah, yeah and there's a leopard on a termite mound next to the road and we obviously stopping and we we're like ah leopard amazing and like we taking photos everything we think this is great and they like drove up to us and they were like, oh, cool leopard. We'll see you guys at the at the we'll at see breakfast. You guys at breakfast <laughs> and I was like what, what? guys but they will go and they will sit at a uh, at a bug like a uh, at a dung beetle or at like this weird bird and they will sit with that bird oh, for hours. Weird bird. I don't Did know. You hear what you said? <laughs> There's oh, no weird birds are awesome. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying like this random bird. I'm just, just saying. Just letting, just Apologies letting you know. to all the birders oh, out yeah, there. Just letting you know, Carolyn's not that into birds. They're not weird. You're the weird ones. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? Like they will be like blasé about a leopard, but then they've they've got a passion for the bush in a different way, where they will yeah. be so passionate about this bug or this bird or this you you know you see what I'm saying? That's, but that's, or that's, this flower or whatever it might yeah. be. Again, that, but that's again what is amazing about our industry is yeah. like everyone has their passion, and that's how we learn from each other. Mm. Is like there's everyone like 
everyone has their own little niche yeah passion and you talk to them about their passion and you share your passion and then hopefully along the lines of the conversation we can all learn from each other and that's where i think the industry should push towards mm. because right now i think there's still a lot of people out there that just think they know it all um and you know not willing to learn yeah and i think we need to get get going to wanting to learn from each other absolutely yeah? but uh, but i want to talk about um because you because in every single one of these sightings that you've spoken about kelly i've been like why do you not have a camera and obviously <laughs> i i'm a photographer that's the way i think i can't help it that's my passion you know what i mean that's yeah. that's where i can become that's that's my passion uh, and i want to talk about a sighting <laughs> your passion's clearly not birds <laughs> <laughs> weird things <laughs> They're great to photograph sorry sometimes. God. <laughs> sorry, God. I, I enjoy birds, but, <laughs> but not for three hours. Uh, but anyway, I want to talk about a sighting. Well, there's been several, but there's one specific one where Craig did not have his camera. And you've regretted it so much. It'll come to you just now. But this is this was typical Craig. You don't do this much anymore, but he would do exactly like you did now, Kelly. And like he'll bring the camera but it'll be in the boot and he won't take it out and he like ah whatever and he'll go on game drive and i would be like this is this is like quite a few years before i even got into photography a lot but i still enjoyed doing it a lot and i would always have my camera with me and but i wasn't really knowing i didn't really know what i was doing but i would always have my camera with me and craig had a camera but you wouldn't like really bring it with you nah. and you'd go on game drive and i would be so jealous because i would be in the office as a front of house not going on game drive and then you'd come back and tell me about all these amazing sightings and i'd be like did you have your camera no i didn't have my camera and that was well, also at that point i was working in one of the most productive reserves in the <laughs> yeah. National Park. and like oh this leopard climbed the tree right next to me and it didn't put this ball up in the tree and then like and i'm like did you get photos no no my camera isn't charged and i'm like oh my word <laughs> my battery was flashed <laughs> <laughs> every single time we uh, went out on a game drive with your parents who went to visit and mm, uh, they came to visit us at the lodge and it was one of those like windy overcast cold and like kind of miserable afternoons contemplating like drive kind of like should we or should we not go because like craig's parents are visiting so they're not it's not like they are there to go and game drive they're there to see us so they were like oh we'll go because it's fun and like they're quite you know they enjoy being out in nature but in you know it's not make or break it's not a make or break and it was like kind of like drizzling a little bit so, and then when it's drizzling it's really horrible to be out in, in an open vehicle so that's definitely when you're like hmm should we really go anyway we end up going and i think maybe one of the reasons that we ended up going was because i really wanted to go <laughs> because this is one of the few opportunities that i have to go on game drive because like i was in the office otherwise and i obviously bring my camera i'm really excited and craig is like ah, we're not gonna see much i'm gonna leave my camera at home and then we go and drive we see some buffalo we're driving around the river i think we saw an elephant or two like lovely so we see more than we expected because at, at a day like that things hide in the bushes and you will sometimes not see anything so we saw more than we expected and then all of a sudden we're driving i look to the right and there's a leopard on a rock right next to the road and i'm like oh, leopard 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 and we stop and it's uh, lamula who's a female in the area who's a big female leopard yeah. beautifully dark orange 
Yeah, uh, and she's got these really, really bright orange eyes, and that's where her name comes so from. So like dark, as she's like a dark leopard. She's got a dark coat with very orange eyes. Yeah, so obviously all all leopards are orange. <laughs> <laughs> well, not in northern Kenya. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Thanks, Callum. <laughs> and the strawberry leopards. <laughs> um. Anyway. So, so she's very dark and she's beautiful so she's sitting on this rock and she's like soaking up the last bit of sunlight the sun was coming out a little bit through the clouds and she was soaking up the last bit of sunlight and warming up before the night because it was quite cold and i was so excited because i spotted her and spotting a leopard like you always get so excited and it's like it's really special when you're the one who spots it and then we're watching her for a bit and i think we uh, we decided to yeah she went down from the rock that's what happened she went down from the rock like kind of behind where we couldn't see her so we did, decided to reposition the vehicles we drove up a little bit turned around because it was quite a tight road where you can't really turn around where we were and then we come back and then as we come back and we reposition to watch her from a different angle craig sees something moving in the rocks and he's like she's got cubs there's cubs in the rocks there and all of a sudden this tiny little fluffy spotted fluff ball yeah, they still got blue eyes yeah. Yeah, yeah with blue eyes comes out from the rocks jumps up on mommy playing on mommy like jumping up on her back and she's like grooming a little bit and there's like this little thing is just playing around and i am shooting away and craig is like i literally not bring my camera even <laughs> with like the sighting was so picturesque where there was an impala lily flower like in the bottom corner of your frame <laughs> while this is all going on like it it looks photoshopped but it's not the impala lily flower it was there yeah it was it was it was amazing uh, eventually uh, lamula gets up and she starts moving away and this cub like jumps up on the rock for one last time looks at us and then walks after mommy it was the most amazing thing yeah and then we saw wild dogs after that and we saw wild dogs after that as well and i was like craig you should have had your camera yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) did you have yours though i had mine i always have mine i'm a professional photographer that's the like 101 always have your camera always have your batteries charged and always have your sds sd cards emptied yeah and always be ready to tell people where you want to be positioned that too Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think um, that was a that was a it was a good day actually. That was an incredible was, sight. But see, it was one of those where where you're like, okay, we're going out expecting nothing, and but then also got you everything. know, yeah. you're contemplating like going on drive. That's a lot. Like to go like, yo, should we really go? Should we even go on game drive? Yeah, and yeah, that it just shows you. Um, you just never know. You never know. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it was uh, mind blowing. Yeah. Mind blowing. And you did regret not bringing your camera. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think me going, I've got to go on something I was last year as well. Um, this will be the last one. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be our last story. So this is, needs to be good, hey? It is freaking good. Um, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not leopard killing porcupine good, <laughs> but it's good. Uh, so we were. Uh, on, a, on a trip to Kruger, January last year, and w- this is more like just fascinatingly amazing than like, oh my word, did that just happen? We, <laughs> Kruger Gate Times, of course. literally, we're now cruising back to get back to 
Loasabi. Um, and uh, now, obviously, driving the speed limit, but like not stopping for anything, just cruising. And I start thinking, like, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna get get to the gate. And Loasabi, they're strict. They're very strict. Yeah. Um, if you five minutes, it's like two minutes left. They like, they tap their watch at you while you're driving in. So off we go, and literally there is this massive hippo like right next to the road. So I pump the brakes, and this thing's just like, and I'm like, you know how big a hippo yeah, is? Yeah, looking yeah. at me in my car, and I'm like, wow. Can I can I jump in there? Yeah. Because like you 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 bro- you stopped the car, or like you, you slammed slowed, on brakes. You slow slowed down because obviously now there's a hippo right there, but you couldn't stop for like for us to actually watch it. So we drove past it. And from my perspective, it felt like in slow motion, I just saw this hippo filling. Like the face filling the, <laughs> the, the windscreen. And this thing was just looking at and me. Just and I was looking like, straight. And I literally said, I can't stop. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> and so now I'm like, so I'm like, wow, that was cool. And our client at the time was like, yeah, that was also amazing. And I was like, this is what happens. And I'm telling her all about the gate times. And just as it's happened, this is when it happens. And I'm like, for all we know, there's going to be a lion on the road at the just before Lois Sabi. I was wrong. There was three. <laughs> <laughs> and as we as we get into the bridge, I literally go, there's a bloody lion. And everyone just starts laughing. And it's walking up the road. And literally, we had the most incredible sighting. Not from an animal interaction or anything, but just a walk by yeah. of like literally just to get that what? size mass. And it's just incredible to have like that male lion walking past your car not even battering an eyelid at you and not just one like i mentioned three but that's not the most amazing thing that happened so never happened to me before and i i have heard of this happening um in the private sector at the two come past us and the last male cruises up and gets a lot closer to the car and almost rubs himself up against the car, like my driver's door, and goes up. And as I look in my mirror, he raises his tail and he urine sprays, like territorial sprays on the back of my car. And literally, (laughs) you can ask, and goes off, and I'm like, and and I was was flabbergasted. I was like, guys, he just just marked territory on our car. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I'm not sure. And we got back to the camp. Drove past the gate guard that was tapping his watch. Um, and then we parked and we saw, and just as we opened the car, we just saw all the all the, the urine drops. Yeah. Um, I, wow. it, it, that was, to me, like something, first time it had ever happened to me and just like an amazing experience. Yeah, you yeah. feel like you're You feel like nature. you're one yeah. with yeah. nature. Well, you know? he's, he's being quite smart because you're going to drive yeah, exactly. park yeah. the next day and his sen- suddenly his territory's huge. Yeah. He's starting fights in other lions' territories he doesn't even know about. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, but guys, Callum, Thank you so much for coming on. This was a this was a really good chat. Yeah, awesome episode, uh, and I hope you guys at home enjoyed this as well. And yeah, as I said, go back and scroll back on the one of like our very first episodes because uh, Caddy was our first guest. Were you our first guest? I was yes. the first ever guest. And you're the yeah. first Oof. guest that has come back. Twi- no way, no, no, Chris. No, Chris, Chris got a couple punch. in a row. Apparently, Chris is more important. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even listen to the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
But uh, yeah, mate, and hopefully uh, the next time you're on, you can tell us a little bit about your new job. 100%. Um, I, I think we've got a lot of listeners out there that would uh, be very keen on listening to what you have to say about um, the cheetah population. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's interesting times for cheetah conservation. We, In South Africa, at least, we seem to have a growing population. So let's see how far we can take that in the rest of Africa and into Asia as well. Amazing, amazing, mate. We look forward to that episode. All right, guys. um, Until next time, have a good one. Cheers.